Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hi, Em. Hi. I'm feeling very heavenly. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of heaven, let's just get into it. Awesome. Enough chit-chat. Enough. We're Um, we're out of donuts. Yeah. (laughs) I want another donut. Okay, so we've been talking about heaven, but we haven't really talked about the practicals or what it really looks like. So can you explain what it really looks like physically, practically. Okay. Um, (laughs) I know uh, we don't have time to do it in any any meaningful depth. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to preface this by saying, I'm going to say a whole bunch of things without a whole lot of proof. (laughs) (laughs) Then you guys can go look it up on your own. But we'll move move quickly. I'll make reference to the verses, but I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to try and uh, substantiate it. I'll just give a bunch of ideas to make us think about heaven in a different sort of way. And then hopefully that will... Uh, get the conversation going in the right direction. So, from what I've read, our classical view that's come up through the development of the church for a couple thousand years really comes out of Greek thinking, Platonism, you know, the influence of Plato and Aristotle and some of that stuff. And what happens is that there's a separation between the body and and the spirit. And this idea that all things that are physical are are bad, and all things that are in the unseen realm are are what you're shooting towards. And because of that separation, the church has sort of taken that and over a long period of time turned it into the the physical and bodily side of this place called heaven's really been minimized or even communicated like it's not important or it doesn't matter or or perhaps is even not not a good thing. And so. I, I see that when you look in the scriptures, you can see, because the scriptures were written by Jews, they didn't have any of this Greek thinking, uh, it's very different. The Lord's communicating something very different. And so, in our context, we've been brought up to believe that for the most part, heaven is—here's uh, a few things that we think. Number one, we think that we're all kind of translucent, that we sort of move and just sort of flow like ghosts in this place. As I mentioned before, that is, for the most part, it's cloudy. You know, it's lots of white clouds, and you're just sort of moving. There's not a lot of furniture or anything. You're just sort of floating around. Theoretically, if I met you in heaven, I could probably just pass right through you like a, you know, like a ghost or something, and there wouldn't be any real substance to you. Most people think that we don't do anything there at all. The images are, are, you know, at best you get a harp, and uh, which nobody knows how to play, and then you just play that for the rest of eternity, and you're bored, and you don't do anything else. There doesn't ever seem to be any mention of gathering together with other people uh, in people's conceptions of heaven. You're just sort of alone in a peaceful place, and you, you don't eat, you don't fellowship, you don't you don't work towards anything. Nothing ever happens. God's there somewhere, but you never see him because, of course, you know, most people think God doesn't like them very much anyway. And so, <laughs> he doesn't want to hang out with you. And so, uh, there you go. That's heaven. And then maybe you get to see your dead relatives. Uh, maybe, you know, and that's kind of the, how we view heaven. Uh, the Bible is very different, very different. You can see all kinds of different passages that, re- that show us that there's physical form and structure. And again, I'm not going to spend time trying to read each one or explain it, but uh, my 
sort of concluding uh, view is that heaven has as much structure and form, and it's as real and as tangible as the earth that we're living in right now. And so, you know, if you went to upstairs and you were going to step outside, you would have to open the physical door by turning the doorknob, or otherwise you would bang into the door and you'd hurt your head. I don't think heaven's any different. It's just different in that we can't see it, and it's in a different uh, realm, if I want to use that, we can use that term. But it doesn't mean that it's any less so. Uh, there's a passage in Isaiah where the, the angel goes and takes the hot coals from the from the fire with tongs and then puts them to Isaiah's lips. Remember that passage? Mm-hmm. Why is he using tongs? Because he can't touch the hot coals. Because they're hot, <laughs> right? Which means that even the angel knows that, that the, the tongs are hot. There's, there's heat. There's fire. Fire is just as real in heaven as it is here. But we operate as, oh, none of that's real. It's all just kind of imaginary, and we just move like ghosts, and we don't feel anything, don't experience anything, and it's not true. The uh, book of Revelation talks about at the end that there's a marriage supper of the Lamb where we're all gathered together, and his bride has made herself ready and prepared for the wedding, and there's this great wedding supper, marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, a supper is a food, which means you're going to eat, which means we can eat in heaven. There's actually food, and this is great news for me. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm really looking forward to food as part of the experience of living in this new place called heaven. The uh, other passages of the Bible talk about streets, and roads, and rivers, and trees, and leaves. Jesus talks about mansions, or at least places. He prepares inside mansions, actual buildings, structures to them. And then, of course, the best one of all that is the, gives the most amount of information is found in the uh, Revelation 4, which I think we've referenced before, but we'll just quickly talk about it again, because John's having an experience, and he uh, his visionary experience uh, begins when he crosses from one realm into the next by when he sees a door that opens up in his his first century hut. And when he goes through the door, he literally walks into what he now he doesn't fully understand it, but he realizes it's the throne room in heaven. I think uh, the Bible's pretty clear. If you look in that passage we looked at in the previous episode of Revelation 21, it talks about the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city, coming down from God as a uh, bride beautifully prepared. And then it's described as uh, with some physical features. It's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, which gives an actual size and structure to this thing that I, I think we it's fair to say this is the heavenly city. This is the place where God has prepared that is that he calls heaven. So you've actually got a city now. So it's not just a generic sort of realm. It's an actual place where people gather and live. It's reasonable to believe you know, my, my grandparents on my mom's side, both Christians, both loved Jesus, both died, both in, both gone. So we buried them, I remember it, went to their funerals, and now they're no longer here. They're somewhere. The popular culture says they're nowhere. Uh, the uninformed church says, well, they're in a better place. But where they really are is in a city— called heaven, where God lives, where his throne room exists, where angelic uh, beings live, where all the people that have gone on also live, where there's houses and there's trees and there's roads, and we eat and we get together. The throne room even describes in in, uh, Revelation 4 and then after for the next couple passages, it talks about how there's actual gatherings where they're brought up together to gather to be in the presence of the Lord. You have to look at in Revelation 5 where you can see where there's like a, some people call it like a festal gathering, like at a specific time, they gather them all together 
together and they come before the Lord and they worship him. But I don't think that they're there all the time. I think that there's times when they're there and there's times when they leave and they go off and they do other things. And people don't live inside the throne room. The throne room is the, the throne room where the king is and where the where he resides in in the presence of the four living creatures and the elders. But then you leave and you go somewhere else. So heaven is actually a city. And in that city is a culture, a way of relating, a way of doing things a way of being before the Lord, a way of being with each other. And the dynamics of what that means are far surpassed this tiny little uninformed view of what we think heaven is about. Does this, is this making sense, what I'm saying to you? Yeah. You've heard some of this before because I've taught it here and there. Imagine for a second that, let's think about somebody that we know that has died. Okay, so uh, the Apostle Paul, okay, we're not exactly buddies with him. Uh, you know, we know him through the scriptural writings, but I've never met him. But right now, the Apostle Paul is not dead in the sense that we think, our, our culture thinks of, oh, no, he's dead, he's gone, but he's just left this world, this this realm that we live in, this world, crossed over, and now he's fully alive, more alive, in the next one, and he's there, and, and you can go and you can actually talk to him. Hmm. And he lives amongst others, and he interacts with angels that are there and other created beings, and he uh, gathers at times in the throne room, and he meets and talks, or he uh, worships the Lord like others do, and he has, probably has things that he's been given to do and tasks and assignments. He eats like other people would eat at various points. Those things all exist. At some point, I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to look him up. And I'm going to say, Paul, love Ephesians. What a great <laughs> love book. Love your work. <laughs> love your work. Can you sign a copy for me, you know? And that sounds funny, but Paul's going to go, is going to, is going to sure. be there and, and he's going, he might not know who I am uh, and that's okay. Uh, but, uh, but Paul is a, was a real guy who's really somewhere and, and it's entirely possible that my grandmother has already talked to him Whoa. and, cool. and already had the conversation already said, well, my grandson gets here. You're going to love mm -hmm. him. I mean, that's all those things are possible because it's a real place. It's not just a realm. It's not just a an ethereal sort of everything that we know about who we are stops. I am convinced that we become, uh, we take all that we are right now that is not broken, but we take the, the personality and the form that we are into heaven and it becomes made right. And it becomes strong and it becomes perfected in the way that it was supposed to be. So you, Emily, and your personality, your sense of humor, your your approach to life, the way you think, the way you feel goes with you. You don't leave all that and become a zombie or, or some kind of a robot. You're fully you. So even if you didn't look like yourself in heaven, we'd find you because we'd hear you laughing and we'd just know who you were. <laughs> because you're, you're going to be fully you. But not only are you fully you, you're going to be fully you without... The weakness, without the weariness, without the all the things that come on this earth that say that make us less than we're supposed to be. Hmm. I was just thinking when you were explaining heaven and what's there. <laughs> it's just kind of funny because, like, in a couple episodes ago, we talked about how when I was a kid, I was terrified yeah. of eternity. But as I like got older. It's funny because like media depicting heaven is always leaving out the part that Jesus is there. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like forget about that. Or my view would be that Jesus, because he's 
human. He can only be in one place at one time. So it was like, oh, he can only be with this person, you know, mm. and he can't be with me. Like I have to take a number and wait in line to like have five minutes with Jesus. When it's not I even there. true now. Mm-hmm. And so like, despite all of that stuff happening in heaven and you're going to hang out with Paul, like, I'm just going to start with Paul. Yeah. Like I just, it like made me kind of like forget even that, like, I just like want to see Jesus when I'm there. Like, of course that's going to be cool to see Mm -hmm. apostles and see family and my dog. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, like I don't want to take a number to see Jesus. Right. And I think really like that view kind of came into perspective for me. Just like I saw this movie where this kid died and went to heaven and then his dad like had an open vision and he saw like where all the kids were in heaven and that Jesus was like running around with Mm. the kids with them. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just started crying because it was just like pure because they're little kids and they shouldn't be there anyway. Mm. But the fact that like Jesus was taking time to spend with these little kids and I was like, it's not going to be any different for me and it's not any different now. Like I don't have to take a number now either. So The most amazing thing is that heaven, uh, God himself pre-existed heaven. Yeah, that is weird. (laughs) He he always existed. So that means that heaven as a place, as a city, he created it. Yeah. And that means that he said, and I need a throne room. Yeah. So I'm going to make it this size and this shape. I'm going to make an actual throne that I can sit on and I'll make it myself. And then I will rightfully sit down on it. I'll create some four living creatures. Uh, they're going to have with wings and eyes all around them, and I'll just speak them into existence. You, you know, lion uh, head, you know, and you with the ox, and you with the face like a man. Boom, 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 and they all disappeared. And and I'll place them in front of me, and they'll worship me day and night. I will. I'm going to do all of those things. Now, here's the here's the most amazing thing. What it means is that it was always the intention of the Lord, always that we would have a place where we could be with Him. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't create a gigantic city so there'd be nobody there. He doesn't want to just have an empty place and then keep everybody out. The whole point was, I want to win you, and then I want you to love me, and then I want you to come and live with me forever, like the image of the kids in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's a movie, but it's, you know, likely possible that the Lord says, oh yeah, I want you with me. Come and be in my presence. Come and live with me in eternity forever. Come and enjoy me, discover me, be near to me, uh, do the things that I'm doing. That's always been my intention. I'm not trying to keep you at a distance. I want to create a place for you so that we can all be together and together forever. Fascinating. And really should cause our hearts on this side to be one to his real agenda. What's he really doing, right? Mm. Is heaven just like, you know, and then we go there and we float on clouds and it's all just comes to nothing. No wonder you didn't like it when you were a kid. That idea of doing that forever, that just sounds terrible. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But if you get to go to be with the one that's the kindest one you've ever met, who loves you more than than anyone, and who has won your heart here, so you, you can see that and you feel the impact of that, and now you get to go and be with him, 
And every day and every moment is filled with uh, more and more discovery and more and more enjoyment and no pain and no resistance and no no depression and no struggle, nothing like that. It's just, it, it's just an endless day after day after day of uh, adventure with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want that? I want that. Mm-hmm. And he did that on purpose. Yeah. Well... I love that. I love <laughs> that scary. too. No, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> so if you want more information on this topic and others, you can check out our website at sanctuaryhop.com. And on behalf of myself and my dad, you've been listening to Shopcast.